T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So the Sox had dragged themselves out of the muck of that 6-13 and 13 start. Did they do it by chowing down on empty calories? It's possible. They did not play the Astros or Yankees or Twins in that time. And the version of Seattle they got was this current last place version, not that flash in the pan from back in late March. So this would be the test. The red-hot, big, bad, swaggering Houston Astros. And the Astros had bullied their way to the first two games of this series, 3-1 and 7-3. So... Could Chris Sale ride to the rescue at Fenway Sunday afternoon? Kind of. The Sox did win. Sale did not. A lot more to tell you right now. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Sox podcast. The baseball cliche is they salvaged the three-game series. I hear salvage, I always think of the old TV show Sanford and Son. Salvage yard of Fred G. Sanford and Lamont, that dummy. But uh, salvage the Sox did do, even though Chris Sale somehow won just one of his last 14 starts. Watch it, sucker. I do terrible Sanford and Son, I'm sorry. Uh, But anyway, uh, it's all okay for Sale as long as he keeps striking people out and as long as the Sox actually win. Two for two in that regard on Sunday afternoon. Red Sox four, Houston three, the final. Josh Lewin with you. And yeah, it's 34 games in 34 days right now. Six of the first 10 of those against these Astros. Arguably MLB's best team top to bottom right now. And if the first two straight weekend series now, these rivals are going to play against each other. Is any indication of what's going to come up maybe in October? It is two out of three this first round of the fight in A.J. Hinch's here. Hinch and Alex Cora, so tight, as you may know, their teams tend to play very tight, entertaining games against each other. Ten of their last 20 head-to-head now, decided by just one run. Another three decided by two runs. There was a two-run game on Friday. We'll get to that in a moment. Rick Porcello was brilliant for a while. Then it all kind of fell apart. But uh, it's kind of weird how this Red Sox-Astros-Boston-Houston rivalry is kicking up here. It's a good City versus city rivalry. Roger Clemens' native town versus the one where he first put up Hall of Fame caliber numbers. Patriots-Texans have had some playoff shoot 'em ups Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson. Celtics-Rockets, right, in the NBA Finals in both 81 and 86. I don't honestly remember a lot of the 81 series, but 86 with Bird and DJ, McHale, Parrish, and Walton, five Hall of Famers on that team against Olajuwon and Sampson. And you undoubtedly remember, if you're anywhere close to my age, the Celtics won, but 11 days later, Len Bias overdosed and died. So, uh, on that happy note, I apologize. Let, let's pivot back to the old ball field here. The Sox had been rounding into form. It's just that this Houston group came in fully formed. They had had a 765 win percentage since April 29th. Red Sox right behind them at 750. Houston has 10 
game-winning streaks twice already, and it's only the middle of May. Friday, they got one along to nine straight. That was when Rick Porcello had kept Houston quiet through the first seven innings, but he got done in by two pitchers in the eighth, changed his night irreversibly. Jake Marisnik lined a hanging slider to left for a double. George Springer drilled a hanging changeup to right center, two-run homers. So the Sox lead was gone in a snap. Astros tacking on an insurance run against the suddenly struggling Ryan Brazier. Didn't even have a hit against Ryan, but they scored to make it 3-1 Houston, and that would be the final. Porcello had faced a hitter for the fourth time in a game only once all season. Alex Cora let him do it in this one, and it cost him. George Springer improving to 10 for 19 with three home runs against Porcello lifetime. That was a move that had to have been made to get Porcello out of there, and it wasn't. Houston, 35 home runs in 13 games at that point to set a new club record. And the back of that Houston bullpen with the lead, it's not even fair. Ryan Presley, Rule 5 pick by the Sox in 2012, by the way, uh, passed Craig Kimball for the longest streak of scoreless outings in Major League history on Friday night. That shutout eighth gave him 39 straight. Then it was Osuna coming on. He left a couple runners stranded for save 11 this year when Mookie lined to left. That was it. And Osuna has allowed one run in 19 and a third this year. 23 straight save opportunities converted back to last year. So that was Friday. Saturday, a 7-3 Red Sox loss and a bit of a drudge of a ball game. And, and first of all, let's acknowledge that the Red Sox do have a winning record while using only three healthy starting pitchers now for almost three weeks. That's actually really good. But in this one, one of those fill-ins kind of pooped the bed. Uh, for the first time in his career, Hector Velazquez couldn't get out of the first inning. Five runs allowed. Astros go on to win it 7-3 in front of a sellout crowd, no less. Velazquez facing six hitters, put five of them on base. His one out was a sack fly. Shortest start by a Red Sox pitcher since 03, when a soon-to-be-retired John Burkett allowed seven runs in a third of an inning against the Orioles. Um, and that was the, actually the last regular season start of John Burkett's career. So Velazquez, 6.41 ERA in seven starts now. He's only given the Sox 19 innings in, uh, let's see, let's, uh, yeah, 19 innings total, 19 and, a, and two-thirds in those seven games started. So that's absolutely not going to play. Maybe we see something else in Toronto on Thursday. Mike Shawarin is a possibility, 24-year-old righty. He's got a 2.80 RA, 2.16 batting average allowed. He's been very good. Brian Johnson could be an option. But anyway, Red Sox scratched a little bit, kind of the midpoint of that game. Moreland had an RBI double. Vasquez had a pesky pole home run in the fourth. But Houston's bullpen just unreal again. 14 consecutive outs by Houston pitchers to end that ball game. Sox held to five hits. One of 16 with runners in scoring position in the first two games of the series. Both of them losses. So let's wipe it clean. Go to Sunday. When we said going in and after a 55-minute rain delay to boot, looked pretty good with Chris Sale against Wade Miley. Miley hadn't faced the Sox since 2017 when he was terrible with the Orioles. And uh, in with a 7.13 ERA and four career starts against the Sox. As a Red Sox, he was a very middling 11-11 and with a 4.46 ERA back in 15. Sale, what can we say? Meantime, uh, had allowed 13 hits in his last 28 innings, 49 strikeouts. Alex Cora kind of tinkered with the lineup here. He had Chavis leading off, said he actually considered J.D. Martinez leading off against the lefty, wanted to stack the righties at the top of the lineup, totally new look, and it kind of worked in the first inning. J.D. Martinez ground out, bringing home Mookie Betts, made it 1-0. Astros tied it on a sale wild pitch. 
Vasquez is not Sandy Leon. We understand. And uh, if away on paternity leave, Sandy Leon could not block it. Game was tied at one. Top of the third, that long-levered, ridiculously athletic Carlos Correa. Two-run, 448-foot home run to center with Bregman aboard. So uh, three to one Houston and looking very broomy at that point. A three-game sweep at home, very possible. But, ha-ha, bottom five, Sox make their move. Chavis, not just a 420-foot home run to cut it to 3-2. to two. It's a chip shot for the kid. His at-bat was announced by a five-year-old that inning. And nice guy Chavis turns around, waves and smiles at the kid. And, of course, next pitch, 420-foot home run. Seriously, because that's what Chavis is all about. Then Mookie, a rocket over the head of Josh Reddick in right field. A double for his third hit in five innings. Xander Bogart's up next. He takes the count to three and two. Pops one up behind Guriel at second. He's not really supposed to be playing second base. He's just there because Altuve is hurt. They didn't re-sign Marwin Gonzalez. Guriel misplays it, lets it drop. Mookie runs around, ties it up. It's three to three. Top six, Guriel looking to make amends right away. Wind kind of behind him. He doubles off the padding of the center field wall to lead off against Sale, who at this point was nine strikeouts through five innings, three walks, both of which had come in to score. And uh, we should point out three of the nine strikeout victims at that point, George Springer, who left after that third one, the thought being it might have been his back acting up from the violent swings he was taking against the, the sale zigzagging slider. Anyway, as that inning went along, another strikeout, but then another walk. And the thought that maybe again he was missing Sandy Leon, Christian Vasquez and Sale just didn't seem super simpatico during the afternoon at all. Another walk followed, end of the line for the conductor, for Chris Sale. Bases loaded, one out, around 100 pitches used. Time to go get the slider artist and godsend Marcus Walden to face Jake Marisnik. Walden had retired 20 of his last 21 as he marched out there to the mound, and bango, double play grounder to Bogarts, thank you very little. Final line on Sale was five and two-thirds innings, four hits, three runs, five walks. That ties a career high. Last time he did that was in 2015. But 10 more strikeouts, so that just is continuing to be a silly part of his season, the number of strikeouts being piled up. Top of the seventh, Astros threatened, but thanks to replay review, another inning-ending double play for Walden. Bottom of the seventh, that's when the Sox get the tie-breaking run in. Mookie scores it. It was a Bogarts bullet off the wall in center for a double. Bogarts on pace for 112 RBIs this year now after banking 103 a year ago. Then a new wrinkle to close it out after Matt Barnes stuffed him in the eighth, bottom nine. It was Brandon Workman who won on Wednesday after a blown save Tuesday this past week. No Ryan Brazier to answer the bell. Workman, who's been mostly great all year, only one curveball to open up with Robinson Chirinos. Actually blows him away with 94-mile-an-hour cheese upstairs. J.J. Reddick, no, J.J. Reddick. Josh Reddick next. Got basketball on the mind. And uh, he's had a good day at this point. Two doubles and a walk. He's a 333 hitter for the year. He walks again on five pitches. So Marisnik up, one on, one out. Ton of curveballs to him. The last one, just a total ball buster to strike him out. Two down, Tony Kemp, one of Mookie Betts' best friends. Lines to JBJ in center. Ball game. First career major league save for Brandon Workman, who is number one in the major leagues in terms of opponent's batting average allowed. It's just 065 just needs to cut down on those walks. Poor favor. Marcus Walden, the win. And this season, 6-0. and oh. Yeah, Seattle is still 1-5. Marcus Walden, 6-0. and oh. 1.37 ERA. Was not on last year's playoff roster. Not on this year's opening day roster. But here he was after the game as the hero. Talking to Joe Castiglione and Lou Merlone. Marcus, congratulations. A great performance today. 
Thank you very much. And uh, you came in right into the fire. I mean, this is the highest leverage situation you could have against the Houston Astros, a, a truly great team. Bases loaded and one out. You get a double play ball. Yeah, the big, big double play ball on a slider. And Bogey made a good turn and ended up getting a review. Got it our way. You know, Marcus, I talk a lot about, you know, confidence innings, not just for yourself, but for the staff to have in you. And it seemed like earlier in the year you were having that role of long relief. And now it's gotten to the point where you're getting innings like you got in higher leverage innings. That must feel good. Yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, it's just a matter of what situation Core wants to put me in and just trying to get the ball and throw it. So when do you think, when do you start thinking about uh, getting called upon now? Because uh, it could be the sixth inning. It could be the eighth inning. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me is just getting ready. Once our starters, if they got 100 pitches, about 75 pitches, I start getting ready. And, uh, you know, it's not our decision. It's up to AC and Dana. And whenever they call, we just get ready. Marcus, have you talked to those guys about that role change? Because it's no longer like that long relief, maybe piggybacking a guy like Velasquez. Is it more of, hey, you know, we're going to use you a little bit later now? Uh, no, I mean, we haven't really had that conversation. Obviously, Velasquez's pitch count is up. Um, you know, our next start with him. I could be piggybacking him when we go to, I think we go to Toronto. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely in the cards. We uh, haven't really had that conversation yet. Well, I know you told us, uh, Marcus, Toronto's organization wants you to be a sinker baller, and you can get up there in the mid-90s. But that slider, that's become so devastating. Is that something that has developed over the years? It's something that's developed since since I came to the Red Sox in 17, uh, trying to get a breaking ball and, Keep working on it, working on it. And the last two off-seasons, I've put in a lot of work with that slider. And uh, it's starting to come around pretty good. And how about Brandon Workman getting his first big league save in a high-pressure situation? Yeah, huge for him. First one, and uh, happy for him. Well, you're 6-0. and oh. <laughs> What do you think about that? I mean, uh, you know, you came to the club, made it out of spring training, and uh, to win 6-0 and oh is, is, I think, uh, it's a statement. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's kind of those situations like we talked about last time, getting in into those situations where we're down by one or tie ball game. Uh, I feel confident going out there, and obviously we got a good offense, putting up some runs, late in the game, get out there with a victory. All right, Marcus, congratulations. Thank you very much. You guys have a good one. Good guy getting a shot, and he is sticking it right now. 4-11-0 for Boston, 3-4-1 the other way for Houston. Another one of those one-run games between these two suddenly great rivals. Not a lot of sound from Chris Sale here. He at least didn't meet briefly with the media. Everybody packing up to get on to Toronto. It is a day game Monday, but here's a little bit of Sale for you. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a weird day, kind of in and out of, uh, you know, rhythm. Uh, trying to find a comfortable spot to be in and just kind of bounced around. But, um, you know, luckily we had some right guys in the right place and uh, scored some runs when we needed to, played some good defense, and... Uh, you know, got picked up by Walton big time right there in the, uh, in the sixth inning. I think that was obviously probably the biggest moment in the game, and, and he stepped up big for us. And how about the job your bullpen have been doing in general two or three weeks? I don't even think it's the last two or three weeks. I think I think you can you can look at our entire year as a whole, um, and that's been a strong suit for us. So you know, anytime you, you see those guys running in or um, you know they're coming in with obviously guys on base or you know trying to lock down a win you're uh, you're comfortable with with any of them I think at this point you can either roll a dice or flip a coin and uh, any situation doesn't matter who who's called upon they're they're going to get the job done how big a win was it considering you lost three out of four uh well two reasons I think obviously you don't want to you know lose or 
get swept for a series and then uh, you know, you, you win the last one, we, we end on a good note to start our road trip. Um, you know, as the saying goes, we got a happy flight now. So, uh, you know, we regroup. We, we obviously build off of this and, and uh, you know, try to get off on the right foot, you know, in Toronto. Chris, you'd only walked one in the previous three starts combined, five today. Was there a particular pitch or just, as you said, not finding a rhythm? Yeah, I just kind of felt like my body was all over the place. Um, I don't know what, what inning it was, but Dana came up to me and kind of got me, tried to get me back in, in, in control. Um, but yeah, just, just kind of a weird day, just kind of all over the place, trying to, you know, there are times I felt like I was right where I needed to be, and then other times I'm, I'm out there, you know, trying to just throw a strike. Um, but, you know, in the end, it, it wasn't pretty, but I guess I guess you could say it worked. Um, you know, that's the name of the game. You know, you just try to, doesn't matter what you got on a given day, what's going on, you just try to give your team a chance to win. And, um, you know, obviously I got a lot of help, you know, obviously with you know, defense and, and some, some timely runs and, and Waldo there. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you leave your team a chance to win, and that's all you can really do. So, again, not perfect for Sale. Doesn't hang around long enough to get a win. He walks too many, but he does strike out 10, and the Red Sox win one of his starts. So they take one out of three. They're going to Toronto. Then they go to Houston. The Red Sox are going to be playing more games against the Astros in the next 10 days than they did the, all of last October, which is kind of insane. That'll be a 6-5 final if you're scoring at home. But Alex Cora, who, of course, used to be the bench coach for the Astros, knows the team very well. He met the media after the game as well. They all count. So they're all big. Uh, I mean, Chris, he was good. I mean, command wasn't, wasn't great. You know, he had to grind it. That's a good lineup, you know, um, you know, the walks to, I think it was Alex and I think Yuli. So, you know, he, he was coming from the, for that one, and it's not that easy. So, Waldy made a great pitch on, on, on Marisnik. We get the double play. Um, he got through the, through the next inning. Um, we got the lead, and then, you know, Correa, Guriel, those two guys, they're pretty tough hitters. So, we went with, with Barnsley there. Uh, we felt that. You know, those those three right there have been swinging about well. So we went with him, and then work did an outstanding job. Uh, it was a good one. Uh, we played good defense, and uh, we ran out some bats. And uh, it was it was a, a tough series against them, you know. But you know, we didn't have we had two bad innings, and you know we lose the series. But we we played pretty good the whole weekend. Can you talk about your shortstop today? <laughs> the, um, it's funny because he, he, we usually don't hit on Sundays, but tomorrow, obviously, with the with the one o'clock game, we're not going to hit in Toronto um, on the field. So we had optional BP, and he showed up, and he was so down on his batting practice day, like he he didn't like it. He was rolling over, he was jumpy. I mean, I never seen him that way. You know, so down on his swing. I was like, oh god. But then. Uh, he was talking to JD before the game and talking about working and getting, <clears throat> trying to get better. He said, "Well, I showed up today, so hopefully the baseball gods, you know, they're gonna they're gonna help me out through the game. I guess they did, you know." Um, he's an outstanding player. He, he's an all-around player, uh, a guy that obviously we made a commitment, and we feel very comfortable with him.
All right, there is the manager. A lot of good stuff happening right now. I know it would have been better to take two out of three instead of one out of three. But Christian Vasquez, just for example, looking like a, an all-star right now. Seriously, he's got the same OPS as Mookie Betts. He's got a higher war than J.D. Martinez, higher than Bryce Harper. J- just throwing that out there for you. Also need to let you know about David Price, who will be pitching coming off the injured list. He's had a lot of success up at Rogers Center, 12-1, and 3.31 ERA, in 17 starts, was undefeated there last year, 2.63 ERA. And before he had that little impingement that put him on the IL, he was really, really rocking. He had a no decision last time out, but he's been pitching like an ace. Uh, the lefty's now allowed three runs or fewer in each of his last four starts. So it'll be Price against the insanely well-traveled Edwin Jackson. 14 out of 30 big league teams punched off his punch card now. One more against the three-foot-long Subway sub. It is a 107 Monday game since it's one of those wacky Canadian holidays, Victoria Day, I am told, where everyone stops down to honor the hot young actress, Victoria Justice. Is that not true? I thought that was true. Anyway, uh, talk to you next time. Enjoy your day and have your pet spayed or neutered. It's the best thing you can do for a friend. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.